3: Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously and here in the Rugby Dungeon, streaming live on YouTube and available at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the rest of it, uh, we are here to talk about an absolutely incredible weekend of European rugby and all the other stories from your Rugby Week. Thank you for joining us, thank you for joining, uh, well all of us, JB right there. Hello Tim. uh, In a Royal Air Force jersey. Yeah, do you like it? I do. I do. Seen, Greek colours.
4: Yeah, lovely colours. Uh,
3: do you know why I'm wear, why I'm wearing this? Hold on a second. That's an F thirty five, isn't it on the front? Yes,
2: it is an F thirty five. Is that, well is that the C model? It is the C model. It's the, the, the one that you find one on one, of, one, of, one of, the of the aircraft carriers. That is exactly. Yes. Like,
3: how do you know all this? <laughs> it's um. Well, listen. <laughs> that is bizarre. You're not the only one that likes planes. Great military and aviation knowledge. Wow. Thanks,
2: Phil. Uh, there there's a couple of um, U.S. Navy Seahawks that flew over the AJ Bell on Friday. That was very that that was very exciting. But anyway, the reason I'm wearing this is because the Navy. Are playing one of the lesser forces on, um, navy. Sorry, the air force are playing one of the lesser forces on Friday. I think it's the navy actually, and uh, they're doing it, they're taking them stoop. So that will be uh, what I think fifteen quid in or
3: something. And right any or? any wing commanders with a Maserati will be able to park it right by the stand. Exactly right. The you're right.
2: There is Maserati parking if that's important to you, and I'd... I imagine for <laughs> Quinn's fans it's I, very I, important. I, if
3: you are watching on on Inst- on um, YouTube, then I, I just say JB, you're. That color clash between your socks and shirt—you should, you should, should have paid a little bit. Closer yeah, you should do something. Felix here as well.
4: Hello, Tim.
3: Nice weekend, young. Did young Thomas enjoy the the Champions Cup? And he did Cup? he got to watch
4: quite a bit of it? He's
3: getting more and more interested You're in. indoctrinating him uh, in at an early age. Well done. Trying to yes, good. good. Uh, right, uh, this. I mean, how good was that weekend?
4: It was enjoyable. Amazing. I liked it. Amazing. The standard of rugby was phenomenal. Particularly the two inter-country games, if that makes yes. sense, the, the All Ireland and, Island and yeah. the All French affairs were just brutal and brilliant and test-level standard rugby. Yeah.
3: Is this the? I think this is the the best weekend of club rugby because there are so many games of such high quality.
4: Yes, and. If you had the inclination and the free time, you could have basically watched non-stop rugby from six a.m. on Friday morning mm. through to eight p.m. on Sunday evening. Mm. There were so many, so many good games. If you throw all the See, Super Rugby into those,
3: it, people complain when they when they lose their job and stuff. <laughs> 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 the silver linings everywhere. <laughs> uh, so yes, we're going to obviously talk about the, that. Um, I, I just want to start though. Uh, JB, hit, yes, that, hit that yellow applause button. Hang on. That's not play for referee John Lacey. The first referee ever to enforce the law that's been there in black and white. Actually meaning that if a scrum half at the back of a ruck doesn't use the ball within five seconds of being told to use it, it's a scrum to the opposition. He did it in the La Rochelle game, penalised Andy Urin. Amazing move.
4: Yes, and we. this is something we've been saying since the start of the season, when it became, seemed to come back into fashion to do the Caterpillar line-up four or five forwards As and always,
3: slowly mate. work. As always, mate, some, some, some lead, some follow, and we were right <laughs> there at the very start of this. Uh,
4: exactly. Yeah, I'm really glad, and I just hope more referees start to do it. Because
3: you do it once a game, it yep. cuts it out. Yeah. Uh, 100% yeah.
4: so well done well
3: done John Lacey well done referee John Lacey there are other refereeing things good and bad to talk about but what we should emphasise on the positives I mean, you mentioned those two games the one in Paris the one in Dublin which one should we start with because they were just incredible Paris was my favourite one
4: let's start there and it's there, fresh then. in our memory come yes. on then yes
3: we watched that this afternoon what a game and what a great
4: example of what the French national team could be mm. with slightly different selection and some actual coaching because th- these two teams are coached very very well yeah um, French coaches f- both French coaches, a lot of French players there's a there's a sprinkling of foreign talent like Jerome Kano like Cheslin Colby, like Finn Russell and yep. Simon Zebo but mostly French it is certainly more French least, than non-French yes, definitely
2: well there were some changes made by the French federation meaning they've got, got to bring in more kids from the academy that's actually quite a big one and more french qualified players so you know it you know, it's not the team of mercenaries everyone thinks even Toulon have got a
4: solid french base
2: that they and, all have
4: and the young guys some of the young talent on show like dupont like entremac wow. yeah. um like teddy Thomas who teddy was Tomer. just right, who the he- who,
3: where the heck has tanzan come from sorry uh who? To, oh the winger
4: Oh, yeah. Toulouse winger. Um Tauzin, 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 Tauzin yeah. Who only got a late yeah. call-up for Uge. He Unreal. got injured. Unreal. He, he was brilliant. That He had many great moments, but that offload oh. for the Medard try wow. was incredible. Yeah. That, that was a superb try.
3: I think you hit the nail on the head there, because I suppose the question is, how can the French national team be so poor? And you just said there, good coaching.
4: Coaching, a little bit of selection maybe, but coaching. It's coaching. It's it's absolutely coaching because a load of the same players when they were playing for France looked like they didn't know where to stand, didn't know where to look, didn't know what to do at any given moment. Yeah. They didn't even know who was captain in the side yeah. at multiple points. The team today, and particularly the Toulouse team, who after twenty odd minutes went down to fourteen men, and I've said in the past that going down to fourteen men is not. It does not mean the game is over. It can mean the game is over if you're badly organised and badly coached. It does not mean the game is over if you are well organised and well coached. And Toulouse proved that point because it, it, they were ten-seven down when they went down to to fourteen men. Now, Rassing at a couple of yellow cards, but only two sets of ten minutes. But Toulouse were the better team from yeah. that point and deserved winners.
3: Absolutely. And I think when you when you look at the French national team, I mean, I've, I've it's become a mantra of mine over the last few months. If Matthew Bastereau is your answer, you are asking the wrong question. No, evidence. No, no. Evidence there in the defence arena today. He is one of the la- best of a
2: generation. He, he is severely underrated. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, no, Bastereau is a great player who will all miss when he finally goes.
4: A question. Do, Wait, you, do you still believe that? Because, because I mean, let, are, last, you just, are you just being a contrarian? Yeah, because let me just say... Four or five years ago, when Toulon were winning European, European titles and he was everything that he could be, even though he was still probably three stone overweight, mm. I would, and I think I did at that time agree with you, I think now he looks past oh, it. There is only so much longer, you can only go on so long, I mean, you lose that explosiveness Well, hang on a and minute. he seems to have.
2: That's, that's interesting, isn't it? Was he ever explosive or fast?
4: Yeah, do you remember the try that he scored? It was a 22-year-old when Actually, he burst onto the scene against Scotland I mean, he, he, when he, he went round the outside of someone. Let's let's have a look at that. <laughs> 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 that I mean, you're going back a few years, but he oh, was an being, explosive yeah. ball carrier.
3: Yeah, point being, Bastero's very presence in either of those teams today would have negated massive chunks of what they were able to do with well, the ball. My
2: argument about him is he's sort of unique, isn't he? He's like one of those one-off rugby talents that isn't well he's just not replicated uh in the same way that um i don't know i'm just trying to think of someone someone else has got you know like a bill matter like you don't really replicate what bill matter does he just flings the ball around then it kind of comes off no one else can do that and that's sort of what i think about about bastro still
3: my point being my point being the future of french rugby is what was out there but interestingly and what i think more than anything when i was watching that game is Yes, it's the future, but it's also the past because Toulouse and Racing are playing the French rugby that I remember seeing when I very first got into rugby. And I had this VHS of the nineteen video of the of the highlights of the nineteen eighty seven Rugby World Cup, and it was the French France Fiji game. It was the first rugby game I'd ever seen, and Mm. I was absolutely captivated by it. And it was a French team playing exactly the way that we saw those two sides playing mm. today, and that's the French identity. That's what they need. And I actually think Bernard Laporte has led a very, very charmed life because he had a an unlimited chequebook at Toulon to build his reputation. Yeah. Could get in the biggest. But he didn't men. Even show up to work till Thursday. Yeah. Just I mean, <laughs> to steamroll over the opposition with an unbelievable cast of a cast of a side, and now he's at France playing. Really pragmatic, boring rugby. Trying to get massive men in, and it's not—it's not the way they should. They should hand the reins to one of these guys.
2: I'm just watching uh, highlights of Matthew Bustra. now. impressive. Well, how many of them for the, me. for the last
4: three years? Say, yeah, but it's still great. Um, <laughs> and you you were—you were right Six. at one point in time. I'm not sure you're right anymore. Oh, here he is, full, full speed ahead, offload, try, cheers, boys. <laughs> um,
3: All right, let's, okay. let's, let's talk about this rest. game. Just some of the skills. Yeah, so just come back to Bird Lepore. What having led a charmed life?
2: Yeah, I sort of agree with you. And like, uh, his um, existence in Toulon was interesting because he used to stand there with a flip chart and literally he would say loss, loss, win, and just highlight like, all of the. All the times that he thinks they're gonna win and all the away games just you know, X, X, X. <laughs> Give so, up, yeah, don't yeah. bother tying your shoelaces. He does that on Thursday. And you're right about being charmed because he had um, Johnny Wilkinson coaching his team and Matt Gitter. <laughs> back back his
3: butter. But yeah, yeah. like people <laughs> Carl Heyman. <laughs> yeah, and that's why <laughs> generational type talents. I mean, if you think if you think he's
2: charmed, the owner, what's his face? Um, is even more Ujelal. charmed. But like the worst thing in the world that could have happened to him was to get um was to get in that situation in the first place. Because now he thinks anyone can just coach a team and you can assemble any bunch of stars, but you can't. You've got to have a very, very special set of players. Yes. That said, the last time French the French were truly any good, you'd have to say he was in charge.
3: Yeah, that's, that's fair. But I, I guess they always have had and continue to have fantastic players. Deploy them correctly and they could still rab- get something together by Japan.
2: I would, I would predict that I could get them to... Third in the Six Nations table. Me. <laughs> and you you who are better than Eddie Jones as well with England. I would do better than Eddie Jones <laughs> does with England. I'd do better uh, with the French team uh, than they're currently doing. Well, yes. Very briefly before Maybe we no. get
3: back to this game, and just, just to wrap up this little part, uh, f- uh, it seems that France are, are looking over the channel and not thinking... Well, referendums, maybe less avoid them. They're actually proactively going into a referendum in terms of having a foreign rugby coach. Is that true?
4: Have they learnt nothing?
3: I thought it was an April, uh, an April Fool or something. It is. I checked the calendar, and but no, no, this is real.
4: This is, appears to be real, and it appears to be a yes/no with uncertain outcome on both ends. And by that, I mean the question, as I've interpreted or as I've read, um, is. Do you want a foreign coach yes or no now it doesn't say that do you want a foreign coach and that coach will be Warren Gatland or Joe Schmidt it could be Mike Ford or Eddie Jones who or anyone else Mike Ford it could Call be him later it could be anyone similarly if it's none, it, it's not saying they're going to stick with Brunel um it's not saying they're going to employ one of the the very good Racing or Toulouse coach, or go with Laporte or anyone else. This
3: is they wouldn't, is just they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't want to hire a foreign coach and are trying to not get the bad PR from doing so.
4: Yes, i th- I think you're right, but I think it it seems a very weird way of going about it because totally. because this Bonkers. let's 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 just say they want Warren Gatland, they get oh a man- word. they get a mandate for yes, and they go after Warren Gatland. Imagine. Gatland doesn't want them so they then drop down so and they they, end yeah, no, they go for a no deal Gatland. Well, based, <laughs> based they're going to end up with a no deal Gatland. And they're, going to, rob, they're, going to, rob, they're going to rob Howley! They're going to get Stuart, Lanc- <laughs> Stuart <laughs> Lancaster, or Rob Howley. Yeah. Oh and god, that is the exact situation that they are lining themselves oh, up for. Oh, the
3: parallels are just unbelievable, it, aren't they? And yeah, it, Sean Edwards,
2: you know, Sean Edwards is a legitimate candidate yep. because he hasn't been uh, Warren Gatland's a little bit like Bill Belichick in a way. In that, Uh, for any any non NFL
3: fans, he's the uh, the coach of the six time Super Bowl champion New England Patriots.
2: Well, I say that because the coaches underneath him haven't really covered themselves in glory. You know, you don't think of them as like great coaches in their own right. You only think of Belichick, or you only think of Gatland. Somehow, Sean Edwards has kind of avoided what has happened to Howley, and he might actually be one who goes to France and and gets his job. That would fit nicely. Mm. It'd be
4: interesting to see if he wants it because why would you not? Well, is it always best? I think with these specialist coaches who are specialist defence coaches, you become so specialist, can you do everything? And an example I'll give, which is probably a bad one, uh, are two examples. Mike Ford was a specialist defence coach mm-hmm. and has had mixed success since leaving that. Uh, Rob Howley, as an attack coach, when he coached Wales in 2017 when Gatlin was preparing for the Lions, it was not exactly a good performance.
2: Yeah, so... Um, Mike Ford is interesting because he did come in as a defence coach but he's undoubtedly a better attack coach
3: let's stick with this game yes because he'll he'll, he'll come up again later yeah massively so right red card yes or no no Uh, yes yes sorry yes the the red red card handed to Zach Holmes fly half of Toulouse on 20 minutes I would have gone for a
4: yellow myself and the reason I say that so I'm I'm okay with it being a red um and I think Luke Pearce, he handled it well. His his ex- he explained it very clearly. His Explanation of it, of it of his logic was very clear. I think he could have done something slightly different. And he kind of he said that he was looking for mitigating factors. Yes. And I think there were potentially three that he he certainly ignored. The f- the first one would be. He was saying, "Is the player ducking or falling into it?" And, and Imhoff was—he was, he was. He certainly lowered his body. I, d- high. I
3: don't. I was delighted when I heard exactly as you say, Luke Pearce explained that. I just want to have another look, and it's a red card unless there is a mitigation. Was the player dipping in? Let's have a look. And I thought brilliant sense is going to prevail. It will degrade, downgrade it to a yellow because Imhoff is clearly dipping, and that is mitigation. So yes, yeah, but, he, but he, that's, he looked at that and thought that Imhoff wasn't dipping. He said, "Well, the,
4: the language he used was falling." Now I've. I think this is an, a bit of a grey area in World Rugby's laws um, because there is a point when, particularly if you've got two forwards running each other on a try line both will be fully dipped over. Both will be... Their upper bodies will be 90 degrees. Yeah. No one is going to say that that should be a yellow card for a high, or a red card for a high shot. This is... Another example in that. Although although red, red
3: cards have been given, but actually since World Rugby did sort of clarify the laws, that's happened much less. It has it has, a, is, it has yeah. happened less,
4: yeah. This is it's on the same trajectory, but so I can see there being a mitigating factor. I just not sh- I'm just not sure what the law exactly states no, about it. I'm not clear on it. The other one was so there is contact with the neck. I actually think the majority of the, the contact is shoulder on chest rather than... Yep. I think there is the hint of the upper shoulder and arms on on neck, but I'm not sure all the force goes through. And the third one, and probably the most important one, is his initial reaction when he saw it in real time and he was in a good position was play on. He, he actually called for a line out. He did. And he was calling for a line out. I think he would have been best to go back and look at it in real speed and not have the only the slow motion when you only get the whiplash effect does make it look bad. And as soon as you have the whiplash effect, well, and also you stop what makes it, it look
3: bad is uh, Imhoff really going for it as well. Oh, with the, <laughs> it was it
4: was a big hit. Yeah, it was. it was a big bloody big hit by not the biggest man's but, that cool?
3: But you know, you've played at a good level, Phil. Um, JB, you coach lads on a on a Tuesday and Thursday night. Um, mm-hmm. I would. That's how I would coach someone to tackle. This is this is the issue I have. Is I would if I was getting a if I had if I was coaching uh, Toc H this Tuesday night, then I would probably say right. We've seen the rules that have been brought in. We need to work on the safety of our tackle. You need to get a wide stance. You need to plant yourself, and you need to you, you need to dip. Um, and uh, but you, that doesn't mean you can't still make a dominant tackle. And the positions that home gets in would be textbook. I don't know. It seems clear to me. He hit him in the head. No, no, no. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm not saying he didn't hit. I'm not saying there wasn't contact with neck or anything. I'm saying Zach Holmes has done everything that World Rugby would have wanted coaches to have gone away and got their players to do Mm. to reduce the amount of head, head contact. You can't eliminate it. We've said this time and again. You can't eliminate it, and nor should you always have punitive action when it does happen. Yeah. To the extent of red cards, at least. I still record him. Was it reckless? Was it malicious? Or well, was it clumsy? I'd he, say it was none of those.
2: So the fact that he has done it means it's reckless.
4: No. Because, well, that is like the, the law, though, isn't it? Yeah, the definition well, of I mean, reckless I mean, if, is if, taking control out of a situation yeah. that then leads you to do something, uh, to hit someone in the head,
3: for yeah, example. Yeah, the problem is, like, yeah, you are right. The, well, just look at the body position. He's in a textbook body position. So that's when so,
4: he does look high. So he could have gone lower. That, it, that, that's, that, that is the I, I get your point, Tim.
3: He'd have hit below Imhoff's chest, maybe the bottom if, of the ribs, if, if, if Imhoff was, was, up, was upright. Yeah, so I,
4: mean, I, I do get that point, but I think he could have gone lower, and he did, Holmes tried to put, this is where the recklessness comes in, so I'm sorry, by the touchline, he's tried to put a massive hit to drive him into touch, to him to touch. Which, which is great, in doing so, you do take out some of the control, and he's ended up making contact you with the head. You have
2: to make that decision, don't you? You know, because 90% of the time you're going to be fine like 95% of the time you're going to be fine but you have taken some of the control and 5% you're going to hit someone in the head and then get and get red card what's, co-
3: what's the coaching point for that there, there, there a lower. tackle if, if lower is the only coaching unlucky, point unlucky carry do. on doing carry on doing yeah. what you're doing which, yeah. which is why I yeah. come back and say, <clears throat> Luke Pierce actually handled handled the whole situation very well. Explained his thought process perfectly, and it, and it was very very sporting the way that um, Zach Holmes took his medicine. The rucking players yeah. came over and shook his hand. All that was very was exemplary. Everything about it. If I thinking that there would be fans, non rugby fans, maybe watching this, it would have given exactly the impression of rugby that you want to give. That it's a respectful, honest. Yeah, sport. That's and I a think very good point. Everything was brilliant. The respect for the referee, the way the referee handled it, the way the players dealt with it, the coaches dealt with it—all brilliant. So, I don't want to be. I, I'm not having a downer on it. I understand why it was given a red card, and I accept letter of the law and everything. I just wish that, wish that a little bit more of that um, empathy and mitigation was was accepted because I think Zach Holmes didn't really do much wrong.
4: And I I do agree. A that. Yellow card would have gone, would have I, and that's where I am with the just yellow one card.
3: Thing.
2: Doesn't Zach Holmes land? his shoulder on his head no. when they hit the ground.
4: Oh, I don't know. That, that no. wasn't even looked at. No, that a once I think once, you, once you go onto the ground...
2: Have to, yeah, I'd have to look at it again. But yeah, when I watched
4: that in real time, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a red card. I can see that.
3: Well, well Luke, Luke, Luke Pearce's initial thought was play on, let the boys play. Yeah,
4: which, which was interesting. I would have liked to see him look at it in real time one mm. more time. But just on Luke Pearce... So he had a high-pressure call to make late on. Yes, he did. Don't like two, minute, two minutes to go when Rassing, steel the line out, score a try, and he goes back for the uh, Nakarawa pull-down yep. on a Toulouse arm. Now, I thought that was a great call, handled very well. JB?
2: No, I don't think it was a good call. And the reason I don't think it was a good call is because I think you need to referee the line out. As you would in any other circumstances. So, if that lineup was on the halfway and that occurred, they would have played. They would have played on, gone through the phases, and never be looked at again. And that's how I want it refed. So, so you don't
4: think the law? I you can think, go back and look at the, the last three rooks, uh, three breakdowns.
2: Basically, no. Like you're employed as a referee to use your interpretation and blow the whistle in real time.
4: So, are you calling for a change to the law? Yes, basically. So, so you to. Do you think he applied the law correctly? Yes, I do. Yeah,
2: I thought the I, law was applied
4: fine. It's a process I have a problem with. So I, I actually like the... Because in midfield, if it doesn't lead to a try, fine, it doesn't really matter. You want free-flowing rugby. When there is a try, in particular a try that would decide a match, I want the right decision.
3: Right, give me. let me give you a hypothetical for a second, because this is maybe one thing that I think is an... Uninter- can I just, before yeah. you
4: do that, can I just count your
2: <clears throat> point, which is... If we had video refs today, Neil Back could never have cheated his way to a Heineken Cup victory. And is that not <laughs> one of the great moments? I mean, the, the point of the, cheating in the dark arts is it's only cheating if you're caught. The, and now you always get
4: caught. You do pretty much always get caught. Although not always, we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, ironically, in a monster Edinburgh game, <sighs> you don't always get caught. Yeah, No, true. Go on, but, Tim. Sorry.
3: H- hypothetical. Imagine that line out was... Um, that line-out happened, and Rassing went through six or seven or eight phases, took up two minutes of the game, maybe till it got to 79 and a half minutes, and then they'd gone back and checked it. Yeah. The clock would have continued from wherever they got to. There has got to be a line that's drawn, and again, it's it's a fuzzy line, and some ref, I, I'm actually all right with it being down to individual referees' interpretation. Some let it go a lot longer. I, I sympathise with what you're saying, Jay, where there's a point at which you go, whatever's gone... Is now gone. Yeah, and, yeah. and some
4: to... some referees have enormous advantages, like like two minutes of advantage. I, I don't like that.
2: You can check the grounding, you can do all that, but actually, if there's a set piece, it's your job to blow that whistle as and when you see it.
3: And if you go back, because you if you go back, say two minutes of advantage, and you go back, the clock should be reset. Yeah,
4: yeah, you know, that yeah, is a good you're point. Absolutely
2: right. Um, now, how about these changes to the lineouts, which I've been considering? If you don't compete in the air. You don't have to throw it as straight as you otherwise would, well, yeah
3: generally, I, I think referees do do that because because yes. then it doesn't have any material effect. yeah some
4: so, do I, I have seen it,
3: yeah, it's really it feels pedantic it, it, when they really pedantic. So, like, if you're, yeah. if, if, so,
2: if your position go up, it has same rule, same laws, laws apply. if your position stay on the ground, the new rules would be the outside arm of your line-out. so that would be. So it's still straight in. Yeah, yeah. You so you're outside. Of the so you outside shoulder,
4: like yeah. your left shoulder.
2: Yeah, I think that should be a law now. So if basically you've got to compete every time, and if you don't compete, if you decide you want to, you know, go all out blitz or or some such thing, it, you're not
4: as pedantic. The refs aren't as pedantic. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that.
3: Agreed. It, great, great, another that it great rule change. It, I think well, the one thing they teach referees is like material effects, because there are times yeah. when there are clear penalties, but actually. Oh, it's had no effect on the game, so just let's just play on. Yeah, as they should. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, the, the skills on show just insane, phenomenal, it was bonkers rugby. It, it
4: was beautiful, and it, it was interesting. So um, Paul Edison pointed this out on Twitter. It was interesting to see Toulouse target Finn Russell, so they got their big runners. Uh, well, interestingly, the big runners, but also when Dupont moved to ten. The Pont and Cheslin as the steppy runners targeting Finn Russell. Oh, that is interesting. And Finn Russell's defending stats. JB, you, you love a fly half's um, yes, tackle count. Uh, tackles made six, missed seven, eight. Ooh. Ooh.
2: and it, it was. The difference is, though, he's really good at rugby, Ones other fly halves that miss a lot of tackles aren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have his best game, I don't think, did old Finn. But he might not have his best game, right? But I've been thinking thinking about this mainly because of some of the transfer activity in in the Premiership clubs and some of the money being uh, splashed around. He might be one of the few players that's absolutely worth every penny.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Every I, I am, penny. I am not saying that he's not worth it. He is. Yeah. He is one of the best paid players in the world. He deserves to be one of the best paid paid players in the world. He didn't have his best game.
3: I'd not even considered this. Uh, just uh, we've had some messages and points in on. On Twitter. In fact, one of them is uh, from uh, Paul Millam, who said, how many beers do I need to take for my bath? Is it going to be a long pod? <laughs> you t- take a six pack, Paul. You, you are you are living the dream. Isn't right it there. just? Uh, and that's on, on a Mother's Day as well, which is the point that um, Keane Thomas makes. He says, the timing of Mother's Day on one of the best rugby weekends of the year. Yeah, well. It's poor, isn't it? That, that very, is, very poor. That is.
2: But if you're a good mother, you'll let, you know, you'll let your sons and daughters <laughs> and daughters. God, I nearly forgot that. Um, and, and fathers watch the rugby. Because you're yeah. a great mother. Me
4: and, what you me and Thomas spent a good few hours watching the rugby, watching the highlights, so Claire could do whatever Claire likes to do, gar- yeah, exactly. gardening and uh, sewing stuff and, all the rest of it.
3: So, uh, um, Toulouse have earned the right to go to Dublin, which is an interesting point, and we, we can segue into this game with this, which is, or there might be some more stuff you want to bring up with that game, but how did Leinster manage to get a home semi-final? Because it's meant to be home country. It is. But actually, uh, when you look at the Leinster website, Wikipedia page, and all the rest of it, it is clearly listed one of their home grounds is yeah. the Aviva
2: Stadium. I don't mind it. I mean, like, let's face it, Ireland's not a massive country. It doesn't have a ton of stadiums. I think if Connacht would have made the, the semi-final of the Champions Cup, they probably would have played it at the Aviva too. They were, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, no,
3: they would. But they I mean, would. They but... would. It's, I just... Mm, I don't do, know if th- there's a way around it. I know. Windsor do, Park in Belfast. Do you send them to. <laughs> I mean, it's, a different no. con- it's a different country, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult. Do you send I them to Torman Park? Torman Park, but that's not big enough for the occasion that they'd want. So I see it's a conundrum. It's a tough one. It's just yeah. one, It's one of those. There maybe isn't a good solution. This is the
2: refereeing a quilt. This is. It's the podcast equivalent of a referee looking back on video analysis to see if someone stole a ball in the lineup to give yeah. it a try. That's what we're <laughs> well, doing. Well, but if, if, you were t- if you, you could
3: understand if you were a Toulouse fan going, huh?
2: I wouldn't care. I simply wouldn't yeah. care. I want to go there and beat them. And yeah. if they want to do it in in, in their own supposed back, backyard, even better for us. Yeah. So Yeah, I agree with that.
3: Anything more on uh, Toulouse Racing?
4: No, just oh, well, oh. Played. Yeah, what well a, played. What a game.
3: One of my favourite moments was when, you know, they had a box of water, box of Evian on the pitch. What yeah. they were playing over, they were rocking over the top of. This is incredible product placement. <laughs> I hope they got paid <laughs> handsomely for that.
2: Really. Let's say fair attitude. Love it. of The French. Love it. Uh, so, um, Stockdale reacts well to intense pressure.
3: Oh, oh. stalkers!
2: Don't, Jay. Stalkers. I didn't actually see all this game. I've only seen the first half, so I had no idea what you guys were talking about oh, when you uh, so, walked in the room. So, so why don't you tell me about it?
4: Well, let's start from the first half because okay, let's do that the intensity that was, I think it was probably started by that just phenomenally aggressive Ulster defensive line. And the the pack, it was set by the pack. Amazingly. That, yeah, and a couple of years ago if you said to me that the ulster pack would have been not only matching the leinster pack but setting the intensity in a european quarterfinal i would have said you're mental because the the ulster tight 5 for a, a number of years has been soft well no more because it was a hell of a performance by that ulster pack um Led by the two second rules.
3: If you want to cry, it's okay, Phil. No one's judging you.
4: Well, I might be crying when we get to the the Stockdale bit. So anyway, they put the pressure on them. And Leinster, they were a little bit rattled for a period in time. The the Treadwell Try, Treadwell who was superb. Treadwell Try was a good example of that. um, Putting pressure on on Leinster and forcing them to do silly things. Now, speaking of silly things, stalkers. Oh. There are very few wingers in the world who would have gone from the position when he picked up the ball, 40 yards out with half a dozen men between him and the try line, to getting over the try line. The problem is, anyone who gets it over the try line, any winger in the world who gets over the try line in there, has to score, has to score. And unfortunately for him, he didn't just go over the try line, he was still running oh. upright six oh. yards over the try line before he tried one-handed to put the ball down. Well, yeah, like, as Dave ju- Carney jump, tackled him,
3: jump in the air and oh. put the ball. Ah, oh. he is, he is. Is an it worse unbelievable than Burns? It's, it's different. P- he's under
4: slightly more pressure, and he's but it's, it's of similar. the same magnitude.
3: Yeah. Oh dear! Because he could have slid five yards earlier. Or held the ball in two hands yeah. to put it down. Yeah. Or fallen over. Or... Oh, oh I, don't, when, I don't know.
4: When was this? Was this right towards the end? And so this was after about 50 minutes when Ulster were, I think, 13, 10 up at the time. Yeah. So it would have given them a 10-point victory with about 30 minutes left on the clock.
3: Oh, no. Well, as well, a eight, eight, 8, potentially 10. Eight, but oh, 10 yeah, stores. sorry,
4: yeah. 8, potentially 10. The worst bit about it is Leinster played out, won the ball, and from a rook, five minutes later, um, Conan. Conan picks up. O'Sullivan was soft around the fringes of the rook. He breaks two tackles, yeah. draws Stockdale, offloads to, to Burn, Adam Burn, and Adam Burn goes in. And it was a 14 point or, Twelve-point swing. That that was the moment that changed the game. Yeah, it really was. Oh dear. Um, I I have to say, well played to Leinster. Um, Conan was brilliant. He's a beast. And Ross Burn at ten, so he didn't always kick to control the territory the same way that Sexton would have done. He kicked sticks and kicked off the tee very well. He took his try very well, but he, his final penalty to the the winning penalty—he was shaking off a bit of cramp. He was on one leg. Yeah, he could barely run away from that. That and it was not an easy kick. It was forty yards out on the the five meter line. Yeah, so fair play, Leinster.
3: Patrick and, Logan simply tweeted bollocks and proud, pride, oh, proud, so proud. Pride.
4: It was yeah. it was an amazing performance by Ulster, but sadly. As Jay, as you like to say about Ulster, the uh, the gallant losers. Yep. Well, it's what you enjoy more, isn't it? <laughs> you enjoy the losing more. you are uh, desperate for this I, lack of success. Well, I would have taken Stockdale putting that ball down.
3: So I think Anthony dennison has got a point in terms of this game. Like again, the intensity, the, the 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 brutality of it was brilliant. And isn't it weird? I feel I sort of felt a pang of guilt as I said that. Like all oh, people are going to think I'm being irresponsible, saying I enjoyed the brutality of it. But no, I absolutely loved the massive collisions between huge men and I'm not going to apologise for it. I bloody loved it. It's
2: it's amazing, isn't it? it It's brilliant. You're just not serious about player player welfare, Tim. (laughs)
3: That's what it is. Right, so Anthony Dennison, I think he might have a point here. He said, uh, lads, do Leinster ever stay on their feet in a ruck? They were diving all over the place in almost every attacking ruck they had. Now, I think we've got an Ulster fan on our hands right there. Or, I've or just or watched. Neutral I'm
2: watching the highlights now of this damn game. and They haven't got the bloody Stockdale miss.
3: How's that about? not making
2: making the highlights? Oh, the well, the three minute highlights. Could you... could you could you do highlights before we do the podcast? Sorry, yeah, I could do. Yeah, I should do. <laughs> get, a... get your head in the game. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, I'll...
3: what do you think about what do you think about that, Phil? That the, it was. I thought it was a bit of a mess at the breakdown. It was. And it did. It did. Ch- I mean, the game overall was so entertaining, but it did change the dynamic of that match.
4: And I thought he was ref reasonably well. Um, I don't think it had a, a as big a material. So I agree with the point to a point, but all teams do it. And if yeah. the if the ref lets you get away with it, yeah. you're going to do it more. Yeah. I actually think the worst game for that particular problem was the Edinburgh Monster game. Oh yes, particular first half because it seemed that the defence were always get the defending player Jackling the ball was always getting the benefit of the doubt even when it was disrupting good attacking play, albeit the Tyburn was a clear yellow card, um, but when they weren't supporting their own body weight, they would guy just on their elbows on the floor, hugging the, the man, hugging the ball, not supporting their body weight and getting away with it.
3: So, You've just seen it, JB. Oh!
2: <laughs> that is heartbreaking. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be from the way that you described it.
3: They in should. the context of that match, that yeah. was oh, horrendous. Look. If it was thirty nil up in a Pro Fourteen game when they've already qualified for the well, playoffs, no, I who it, cares? In my
2: mind, right, it was you know he's got like one finger in the air, he's celebrating. He was
3: smiling. <laughs> he's
4: smiling. You, you,
3: no, you you look at the try again. Look at his <laughs> I'd, face. I'd be smiling. He was he was smiling. Like oh. yes, he's made it. And he puts on the footwork as well. Oh.
4: It's a hell of a finish. The no, footwork it's a hell of a, so good. an effort to get to that.
3: Point. I mean, yeah, no other player would get there. And th- and this is this is interesting because there's one sort of narrative across the weekend. You can draw a few wow, of wow. these occasions where players that had incredible games. I don't want them to be remembered for the for for the mistakes they made. Stockers is, is is one of them. Um, the other one and just sort of jumping, we don't have to jump to the game entirely, but the other one would be Pierre Schumann for Edinburgh, who got absolutely hammered in the game, got hammered after the game, well, I bet he got pro- genuinely hammered after the game to try and drown his sorrows, and fans have been really getting into him. And, um, have they really? Yeah, because there was a, again, what was the score at, the, at this point? Edinburgh were...
4: Uh, Edinburgh were, le- were leading, were 13-11, I Edinburgh think. Edinburgh
3: were leading by two. Um, Edinburgh win themselves a penalty... And then, in the immediate aftermath of the penalty, Pierre Schumann sort of puts a little sly shoulder in on Byrne.
4: So he, he did drop his shoulder. He had. He made yeah, they a conscious. They, they
3: were walking past each other.
4: Yeah, he made a conscious effort to drop his shoulder, which was stupid. Byrne then goes down like he's been shot. Jay, what are you doing, mate? I'm reading the comments. All oh,
2: right. Oh, cool. What are they saying? Uh, not much really. No, not not trying
4: to oh, talk. So, on. so on that, I. Part of me feels sorry for Schumann. Because Byrne milked it and oh, it, it Byrne milked glad it. Glad you said time. that.
3: Glad you said that. Tig Byrne, you're an you're an amazing player. You're a fantastic athlete. Brilliant specimen. Warrior of Guy. That was a disgrace. The part, way you dived.
4: Part of me thinks Schumann, you absolute moron. Both are true. Yeah, yeah. Both, both, for, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, both, both of those true. things are true. Schumann, for, that was
3: silly. Tyg Byrne, you're a disgrace. And
4: part of me, if and if I was if I was a Munster fan, I would be saying you beauty, Tyburn, how streetwise is that? He's seen him drop the shoulder. He's gone down like he's been shot. He's won a penalty. One which... of the
3: hardest men in, I know.
4: He's an, in a, Europe. He's an absolute warrior. Yeah. So Have
3: we got so Tyburn. We're talking about
4: the same Ty, Ty Byrne here. Tyburn, right? When he's jackling a ball, yeah. and you can't, can't move all, him. Yeah, four men plow into him. Yeah, you can't move doesn't him. Doesn't move an inch. Schumann, who is a big boy, but glances in with a shoulder, <laughs> and he flies across the ground. <laughs> So, yeah, if I were Edinburgh, I would be... <sighs> I'd be very frustrated at that. I would also be frustrated at the first try, the the first Keith Earls try, which was yes. a brilliant bit of quick thinking by Keith Earls. It was monumental stupidity by Henry Purgos. Yes. I mean, he was offside, and he slaps down... The, the scrums collapsed. He's offside, and he slaps down a pass. Yeah. what What on earth was he thinking... Yeah, but please. then... Um, Connor Murray. Connor Murray. How the ref did not go back to this, I do not know. Because Conor Murray reacts so stupidly and does a judo flip and Pergos lands on his head, shoulder, neck area, which I think actually... So we're discussing this off air. This was very reminiscent of the... Liam uh, Williams, Danny Care, Danny Kerr incident last week. And the precedent was set in my mind and that should have been... A penalty to Munster and a yellow card against Pergos, Yeah, counter reversed and a penalty and a yellow card against Connor Murray. Agreed. It should have been. A, it should have ended up with I a penalty. Totally to agree
3: because they. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how that wasn't. I, I, I. He didn't even look at it. I can't. And the TMO didn't say. Uh, maybe have a look.
4: Someone's just been flipped and landed on their head. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I don't get it.
4: Yeah, I, I really, don't really don't get that. You you add those two, with an Edinburgh hat on, you add those two incidents and you think, God, maybe we were robbed.
3: But I know what you're going to say now.
4: Yeah. Edinburgh, in that first 10 minutes, had doing? three penalties, three kickable penalties inside the Munster 22. They went for the corner on each of them. They didn't score anything. They came away with zero points, even though Tyburn was in the bin mm-hmm. for the third penalty. And then Munster scored the seven points. So... Yeah. Edinburgh, if you'd have taken the points, or, this is a, a
3: European quarter yeah. final. So I, How does this happen?
2: I don't think it is bad to go for the corner, obviously providing your score, or you continue. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> or you continue to go for the corner?
3: Guar- you, a, a potential three points or a guaranteed seven? What would you go with? Of course, if you're going <laughs> to score, yeah, yeah, you
2: yeah, go yeah, for yeah, it. Exactly. Right. So, like, look at Exeter. Exeter did against Saracens, right? Now, weaker teams like. Unfortunately, Edinburgh, or they get nervous. Go, oh God! We've just had three. We haven't. We haven't got anywhere. Let's kick the sticks. The right answer to that question is carry on going. Carry on going until they break.
3: Is that, is that what you tell to the to the guys at the at the betting shop? If just yes. <laughs> just sold their car and they're thinking about betting their mortgage. Yeah, carry go for going. it. Keep going. The, your, Keep your, going. your ship's
4: going to come in this time. But so the logic of that I like because it should be a no we are confident in our driving mall or we're not confident in our driving mall and, and the pick and goes exactly yeah. it shouldn't be we're confident in it but we'll try three times then we'll switch tactic yeah that's that, what bothers me about this yeah now in in these big games i would have gone for the i would have gone for the sticks but if you're good if you think you're good enough to do it why after 3 does that change because edinburgh did change their tactic and it they did. took the points after that and, admittedly and what, slightly easier and kicks and what's
3: more is there was a tr- there was a picture building of munster giving away penalties munster giving away another pen in their own territory and you just kind of release the pressure valve and let all the pressure that you built up out which might end up in a yellow card penalty try kind of situation mm. you just you just release all the pressure so i agree with you go one or the other but equally and they should I... never they should never have started a european quarter final with that mindset i i think it's brilliant how positive they came out but that's why you don't get to semi-finals because Leinster and Munster know what getting to semi-finals is Absolutely. about. And is it, it is about taking every single point that mm. you can.
2: And funny enough, Exeter don't know what it's like to get into a European Cup semi, so, you know, maybe you, something yeah. in that. And
3: if and if Exeter, if and when Exeter play Saracens in a Premiership final, let's say, then you can bet they will take three points early in the game when they get the chance. I well, we'll see. That's yeah, probably yeah out. We'll, that's probably out. See. we'll probably get to see. We're, yeah, that'd be interesting. I
4: think I think they would do.
3: Oh. I think they'd go for the corner.
2: I don't know. Um, okay, that's good. That was but nice. It was a,
3: a, a may. I'd love to have been in the Aviva. I'd love to have been in the those two stadiums. It was amazing. So oh, look, the yeah.
2: more I encounter the Irish, because I encountered them this Friday at the AJ Bell. Not
3: talking on Twitter. Huh? Not talking on Twitter. I'm not talking on
2: on 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 Twitter. <sighs> It's a begrudging respect, let's put it that way. Every time that I, in, in, in Kelso, I just get more and more impressed by their fan base, by the organisation. Uh, I was um, in the AJ Bell, I was in the press room afterwards. And even the press are, are pretty impressive. Like, they showed up with a ton of journalists who all actually asked questions, like, really good questions, really engaged. There's probably more Connick fans in there than there were sale fans, frankly. And they definitely made made
4: more noise.
3: 11,000 Munster fans in Edinburgh. Is yeah, yeah unbelievable. It's wildly
4: successful. I don't know the exact number of Ulster fans in Dublin. There were a lot. There was a big turnout. What are they doing there? It's it's quite it's quite amazing. So yeah, um, on that note, I think we should probably touch on both of your presenting experiences this weekend. There's yeah, mm-hmm. JB on. Friday night. Yes, I did presenting the, live on Facebook. The
2: pre-match uh, Facebook live. I got to interview Simon Orange, Steve Diamond, John Ross. Who else do we do? Craig Moynihan. Craig Moynihan. Yes, uh, and which f- I've been listening
4: to on Ruby I, Dungeon this week. Yes, it's an interesting story. to Put it mildly. It's a very interesting story. So I, I've heard, he's, uh, I've heard two other um, ex Forces speakers who, in similar situations, who had to retire from military. And the three of them are three of the most inspirational, it makes best you, yeah. speakers I've ever heard. It almost makes you feel guilty that you haven't done something worthwhile. Yeah, <laughs> a phenomenal individual. Yeah, a really, really good interview that. But yeah, did you enjoy the the Friday night? It's bloody stressful. It started, it started very well. I thought it started really well, and
2: uh, by the time I got to Steve Diamond, like my th- last interview, it was just all over the show. You got people talking in your ear, and I oh, that's understand. why he came.
3: That's why he came chatting to me. It's such a you know no no i had him no, after,
2: I, I, I had him after you oh copied, sorry maybe that's why i, okay. uh, I copied your questions um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then i've got um, a very anxious john o'ross joining me who uh, you know on his best day is not chatting <laughs> when he wants to get his fingers taped up before a, se- uh, a quarter final is even less chatty and forthcoming so but actually it was, it was a great experience it was awesome and I, I tell you what if you want to be in TV, if you want to be, a, you know, operating cameras, I think, I think that's called You
3: don't want to bother doing that, don't try. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> no yeah, point, like, uh, I'm just pulling up the ladder. Yeah, yeah, production, <laughs> or anything
2: like that. What they do at <laughs> software Uni is amazing. Like, when they said, you know, do you want to work with some media studies students? So, mm-hmm, not so much, but they're not media studies students. They're so like, they're they absolutely, they are the most professional set of students I've ever met. I got, God knows what I was doing in uni, but it wasn't that.
3: <laughs> waking up at 2 a uh, yeah, you, were, you were protesting to try and have a socialist government yeah doing, yeah exactly assumed. I
2: was trying to stop the war or something uh, no, <laughs> no, um, yeah remarkable setup and uh, yeah really really, really well Sorry, done I, yeah, my old team there. yeah
4: I enjoyed it well right. done you, I, you almost made me miss my tram stop oh, really so I I'd had a few beers High praise indeed. a few beers out with work and I was watching it on my phone with headphones in uh, and I got into it I was listening to I think it was on your interview with Simon Orange at the time yeah. which was good Yes, yeah, so, uh, Simon's a
2: very interesting interview. And certainly the other one who I really enjoyed is Hugh Jenner, who is the analyst. And I think we should get more analysts, on, the club analyst, on TV, because mm. they know everything. And you can probably get some stuff out of them as well, because they're not as well media-trained.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's all about that. Yeah.
3: Mm. It's not a, I don't, we don't need to talk about the game very much, because it was uh, not very entertaining congratulations Sale on your first semi-final in 11 years that's fantastic in and of itself I was disappointed that Connacht didn't go with a fully loaded pack I didn't understand that at all you've earned a quarter-final I mean they are really battling in the Pro 14 and could get Champions Cup qualification if they win their next two games
2: work this out for me right if you're going to take a weakened pack why put out your first team backline and put them at risk just give a weakened team don't like put your, your, your star player out there to get absolutely written off because you know the Ball, the forwards aren't giving you a front you know um
4: you know go forward ball it's ridiculous yeah and you you're a full strength back line with a half strength pack is never going to do anything anyway because you're going to get back football
3: yeah so uh, sale went through um connacht might be counting their losses there because they're not only lost but they've finley bealing look looked like he had a bad injury um,
2: yeah bad important, hand injury important player oh my word so do you know what that injury was
3: like, split the webbing in between his fingers, Yeah, so right? if you
2: imagine, like, not that I've ever watched Star Trek, but if you did, the, like, the Vulcan greeting, imagine tearing your hand down through the palm like that. And that's what he's done. And uh, I was in the tunnel
3: with you, I think, Tim. Yeah, it was It was pissing blood. Oh, my word. Like, and so- he, as he was walking off the pitch, by the way, with the play going on all around him and the referee not stopping it, play he was stopping every few metres to puke. That oh, is, it was awful. He it was awful. Off, it was the ho- worst ho- thing ho- was, he
2: was coming into the tunnel and I'm very, very... Squ- you know, hang on. Let's be clear. It's not the worst thing. The worst thing is that his hand was, was uh, bus- uh, busted up. Not how I felt about his hand being busted up, right? <laughs> no, so, you're it's always, gonna be like, it's, it's to be to you, here, yeah, yeah, Jay. Yeah. Are you
3: okay? Yeah, Are you okay? Yeah. Oh, I'm, you're like one of those people on Facebook that just said, had a... R- <laughs> oh i had a bad day desperate for people to ask yeah yeah. I'll DM oh han d- oh, what's happened
2: <laughs> but as he's walking he's, th- he's throwing up because he's in so much pain I- i'm kind of going white because i know he's got to he's got to pass me like <laughs> quite you know, you're quite clawing pro- at the walls to try yeah. and get out of there quite close proximity
4: it's like oh god this is awful it was a horrible horrible Ooh. injury mm. so sale have got to look forward to la rochelle, la rochelle away, away away you go in jay Hopefully, yeah. That's the yeah, Ooh.
2: idea. I'll ch- try and create a job for myself and uh, n- and go.
4: And then on Saturday night. Cause you're a neutral, but as a neutral? As a neutral, as a record broadcaster. Whatever it is,
2: we, we categorise ourselves as now.
4: That is what I did notice a few times, more than a few times. You kept saying we. Well,
2: I'm, in, I'm in doing the, it on behalf of sales Shorts. I know, I know. Yeah, you know, I'm allowed to say we on sales. say I mean, I'm strictly a neutral. <sighs> and then
4: on Saturday night. Yes. We had on BT Sport. Yes. Uh, Live, with, with a, a star-studded cast, with Flats, with Ugo, yeah. and with Kvesik who was very good.
3: Matt Kvesic was great. Um, Flats had his shirt pinched, and so like ten, <laughs> 10 minutes before we were going on air, he went, oh no, I've got no shirt. So he would have either had, and it was pretty chilly, he would have either have had quite an, it wouldn't have looked great. Uh, a blazer over a v-neck t-shirt look. Kind Ooh. of. Okay. It, it, it wouldn't have been a strong look. Yeah. It would have looked He's not got
4: little... the, the physique really
3: to carry that look off. Uh, I don't know if it just wouldn't have looked right. Very, um, very crossy kid three. Yeah. It? Yeah. <laughs> he, maybe it would have worked if he, yeah, it. yeah, it looked the sort of thing Phil Collins would have done in the 80s with <laughs> sleeves rolled up. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. We need to bring that back. So rolling yeah. up. No, actually, no. So hastily, uh, he, he managed to get hold of a, uh, Harlequin's, sub jacket and a Worcester hat and then wanting to be balanced so got a Worcester Addressing dressing man of hat. that size
2: is not easy at short notice is it?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so but it was good um, and Chris Robshaw what a hero that man is I absolutely love him and I cannot he's got to be in the England squad instead of the who? the guy's a warrior instead of who? instead of well, you can't say Brad
4: Shields because I've, I've already
3: well, removed wasn't, him wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Jack Clifford in the Latest England wider hmm. squad.
4: A little bit. Give me him? two seconds and I'll tell you. But yeah, go on. That's
2: Cocker's Law. You've got to remove someone.
3: Yeah, yeah. My, totally.
4: My uh, England Six Nations 2019 spreadsheet is opening as we speak.
3: Uh, guy's guys a hero. Warrior. Clifford, Clifford
4: was in there. Brad yeah. Shields, Tom Curry, so Mark so Wilson. Brad They're not Sh- going.
3: Brad Shields and... Jack Clifford, uh, on, ben, on. Ben Chris, Chris Robshaw. Uh, ben, ben Earl Earle. was in there as well. No, 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 but even, even, if it, even if he trims the squad and goes to a World Cup, Robshaw instead of Brad Shields, you've got to. You have to. Brad Shields, Brad Shields has not <laughs> earned that spot. Chris Robshaw is earning it every week.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there are other people I'd go with before Robshaw. Um, but I definitely agree with... Him. Do you know who I would go for? I think has been playing brilliantly last few weeks is uh, Tamar Harrison very he, abrasive very abrasive he really seems to have come back into form whether he ever gets another shot again I don't know but he's looking good because his last game was a
4: 28 minute appearance something like that wasn't it I think I'm right in saying that oh it, he Australia had, he had him and Burrell I don't know slightly different times I think yeah. but
2: yeah I don't know any other coach that has done that because he did it with Nick Azique as
4: well let South alone, Africa
3: yes, let alone the, three times the shepherd's crook yeah. comes out yeah, he's See, weird.
4: Sees what he wants.
3: But like, I've seen enough. Doing it three times. Well, it worked brilliantly in Australia. Everyone was going, "What a genius! What, what, yeah, wow! What a visionary!" No other coach would have done that because you're yeah.
2: right, and it really paid off. I wonder if we look back at that Australia tour, you know, as a bit of a false dawn. Well, we obviously do because it is a false dawn. But Australia just not been as good as we thought that they were at, at that time.
3: Uh, in the, the, let's wrap up the other ones in the Challenge Cup. Then, so Harlequin's got through. They will go to Claremont, who. A bonkers game against Northampton, ninety-nine to round off the win point game. Ninety-nine point game. These two always rack up big scores. Yeah, of it's insane. So it was yeah, crazy. That that stadium looks amazing. I've never been to the Marcel Michel. I would love to.
2: Yeah, we you make that happen because it's not far away from Barcelona either. Like two-hour drive. Just saying. Looks amazing. It's more than that, isn't it? No, I don't think it is.
4: Oh, uh, I think it is. Mm, I don't think it is. All right, let's find out. Uh, yeah, you, you carry on
2: and talking the, and La to the
3: Pumped Bristol as well. That stadium, I've been to that stadium on a match day for a for a Challenge Cup semi final actually, and it was amazing. It was phenomenal. So, um, yeah, those, those will be great occasions. Those semi finals. So that looks really good.
4: Oh, um, uh, have you just looked up no. how how far?
3: Isn't it? I was going to say, isn't it on the sort of six hour drive? Yes, six, it's hours, six hours. It's
4: hours it, yeah.
2: I was
3: going to say it's mid, six
4: and a half mid hours. France. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I've also got Perpignan and uh, Claremont uh, confused. (laughs) Perpignan is very close. Claremont is not close. They're both playing (laughs) yellow, Jay. Yes, that's right. They both used to be good. (laughs) Whereas only Claremont are good now. Right, okay, so yeah, it's not...
4: Not a two-hour drive.
2: It's not two hours. Six
4: and a half hour drive.
2: Or eight hours on...
0: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The So
3: I'll tell you what, we'll return to the Champions Cup in a minute. Let's just just go around the game of rugby for a moment. Let's do that. So uh, Andy Farrell is a grandfather, aged 43. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he's next... got a six-year-old son or seven-year-old yeah. son as well. Yeah, uncle. Uh, Owen. <laughs> Owen's new baby's uncle. Yes, which I was thinking actually you could have the
4: Owen's lad and Farrell's Playing Son, together, playing, uncle and hang on, a minute, as own Farren you... had a boy. Hang on, a do minute. we know as O Farrell had a, a boy? Hang is, on it a boy? Hang is it a boy? Oh, don't know. Don't know.
2: Don't oh, know. Is don't it, know. it a boy or not? Do we know? I no know idea. Idea. Can we, we, we need someone. to have some
3: ceremonial, <laughs> like uh, in fact, whether it's a boy or a girl, have a ceremonial, <laughs> like Lion King, Especially hold him up on the bell. mount.
2: I've, I've just remembered something. Somebody told me this as a conspiracy theory. Almost, it was an Irish person, and they said, "Isn't it?" Uh, isn't it convenient that Owen Farrell, uh, sorry, Andy Farrell has got a son who the Irish think, well, who, who wants to get Irish qualified now? So they He's can,
3: like 10 years old.
2: Start them young. <laughs> I mean, before you know it,
3: I mean, he could be the next Mar- uh, uh, Marcus Smith. He's got the genes for it. Andy Farrell is properly English. He's one oh, of those guys. He's, he's one of those guys <laughs> that were he, Andy Farrell is the kind of guy that were he Fijian, you couldn't pay him enough money to, to not want to play he's for Fiji Island. He's, already, he, no, he's coaching Ireland he's already yeah, you know he's coaching Ireland not because he, because he wasn't given the big job with England he was sacked from England he's fired
4: wasn't he yeah, exactly that seems like a bad decision in hindsight and then yeah. he's going to make his son pay by formulating the best defence in the world but, although it didn't work this year. but he's doing it He's uh,
3: he's doing it like you know like he, that's his fathering method. He's, do, he's doing it to strengthen Owen's resolve. He's gone to Ireland to make Ireland win a World Cup just to teach Owen a lesson that he needs for his own career.
2: The IRFU have got their eyes firmly on Andy Farrell's six-year-old son to play fly for Ireland.
3: <laughs>
4: I'm telling you now, that's what they're doing. So, is, question two questions. Is our Andy Farrell now the hardest grandfather in the world? <laughs> uh, yes go with yes it would be very close and is he the best looking grandfather in the world hmm
2: probably yes as well yeah, yeah. probably yes on both counts
4: yeah uh, other coaching news oh go on Leicester Tigers have made a play to stop the rot
3: how many games have they got to stop this rot five five Mike Ford Jeez. is in, they apparently, rumour is, so it was he reported on in the rugby paper that he uh, that he wanted, no, I don't mean it, I, don't, I know that's fine no, mean, okay. that they all, they would try to get Sean Edwards as well, on a short-term thing until the end of <laughs> wow. the season. Wow. So the rugby paper are writing, it could be nonsense, it could be true. Oh,
2: no, it, it would stack up, I mean, he's allowed to do those sort of things with his contract, so it would stack up, certainly.
4: Wow. So, how do you feel about the Mike Ford coaching appointment? Should I go first, or do you want? Well, no,
3: okay, well, so I can say this. I can summarise this really quickly. It is, if you need a measure of how seriously Leicester are taking the genuine threat of relegation, there is your answer. Because it was yes. o- before the last game. Um, no, no, no. It was after the last game, but before Leicester played on the Friday night and lost to who did they lose to last Friday. I can't remember. Now, Northampton. Northampton. Of, yeah. After that game, one of the questions I said to Jordan Murphy is. Have you have you spoken about, or will you now use uh, use the relegation word in, in your in your chats with the players? No, it was an absolute no. In fact, it might have even been before the match. No, not at all. Then Leicester lost, Newcastle and Worcester won. That's changed, and, God, and, and so, they have reacted quickly.
2: So I've got so many things to think about on this. Okay, so number one, Mike Ford, uh, a character who gets a mixed press at best from people in sci- in. Inside the game, but the one thing which is universal—you ask anyone—he is simply one of the best coaches out there. You know, his his reputation as a coach is
4: formidable. So that, uh, that's to distinguish the coaching rule compared to the DOR rule.
2: Yes, uh, and that's you know there are some there are players out there who will openly say they they, they 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 don't like him, but he's one hell of a coach. So, good move there. Number two,
3: but that that's, and there are other coaches. The, the way some people have been speaking about Richard Cockrell over the weekend. Uh, whose stock has risen again, is that they they loved the fact they didn't like him. Yes, like they liked that they knew exactly where they stood. That he was tough as old boots, and that they get very clear and honest mm. on clear honesty from him. So the point the point is sometimes the two things can be true. Like you you yeah, can actually yeah. or, or you can enjoy the fact that they're they're not well, people I don't that you're know. I that don't your know
2: mates with. I couldn't tell, possibly tell you the reason that Mike Ford d- gets some expressed, but I just do. Um, I, I, but it's interesting, even with that, you know, like you say, say with Cockers, as long as they can appreciate he's a good coach, great. Number two is if you're going to do this, you should have done it six months ago. So it doesn't really matter you bought in a coach with five games to go. You should have done it at the start of the season or you should have had someone helping Jordan Murphy immediately. This is a complete failure at Leicester to do the right thing at the right time. And number three is I hope it doesn't succeed. Um, because if it does succeed, it sets a horrible precedent that you can, that you can salvage your season by just appointing a new coach. And that is almost like the football thing of like, oh my God, five games to go. Let's get in a brand new manager. getting Dave
3: a- Bassett or yeah. uh, who the ones? Uh, Harry Redknapp. Yeah. Um,
4: I- Sam Allardyce. Allardyce is a good one. Yeah, so Power I don't due. want
3: rugby to go that way because rugby is a far more complex game and coaches need time. What would it have done, though? Go back six months, I think it would have neutered Jordan Murphy. But it's, Well, going back six months, it looks like he needs he needs to be.
4: It, they needed something doing differently this season. And Jordan Murphy probably... I'm not saying that's the right answer. No, but... I,
3: and I'm not, I'm not saying Mike Ford's the wrong answer. I'm just... Yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess my point is that, that there's... There's a lack of clarity in the big decisions repeatedly at that club. And I hope that that's what they can find some clarity and consistency with moving forward.
4: So, betting time, do you believe that Leicester are going to stay up? And will the Mike Ford uh, appointment contribute to them staying up if they do?
3: So, when you look at the fixtures, it's, it's quite conceivable that this weekend coming is Worcester's best chance of getting a win. They're away to Wasps. Their running is horrible, Um, but and but if and this is this is the the other little subplot. If Worcester go and win at Wasps, this is quite probably the only game that Wasps are going to win because their running is horrendous. So (laughs) Wasps lose to Worcester, that might get Worcester a bit closer to being out of trouble, and it drags Wasps right into the. Wasps, whose next two games are Exeter and Saracens. Oh, that's an easy
4: run-in. <laughs>
3: yeah. And then they play Gloucester and Quins. Oh, and They, my they word. play the top four. Wasps play the top four after Worcester.
4: Oh, they have got Bath as well. Oh, sorry, no. they. Play yeah, in, Bath. Oh, it's Bath and... Bath and Quins, yeah. And Quins, yeah. But That is not... It's a, Bath is the next easiest game. But Leicester...
3: Yes, sorry, Leicester. Uh, no, I, I think they're fine. I, well, no, I don't think they're fine. I think that they're... They'll they'll survive. Well, it's just you know
2: it's badly managed. I think that's I think Friday that's the twelfth
3: of April, Newcastle. Wow.
4: Yeah, that is massive.
3: Wow. Hey, shall we just have a quick Oof.
4: intermission before we move on? Just, just before we do that, I would just like to say, I think as a short-term appointment, this will work because I think sometimes you just need to freshen things up a little bit, and a change is good at a rest and all that kind of stuff. I think there will be a bit of a bounce under Mike Mike Ford. I think it will only be a short-term solution. I think it cannot be the long-term solution. So I think this will be enough to get Leicester Tigers out of trouble. I might be proven wrong, but I think it will. Long-term, as in next season, they've got to look at doing something completely different, and I'm not sure what that answer is.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's something completely different. Maybe the answer is Mike Ford.
3: Well, Well, if the news of Lavanini is true them signing him, that's, that's the kind of signing I can get on board with. Uh, that's Thomas Lavanini, the Argentinian second row. He's a hell of a player. player.
2: Who yeah, that was it, then? It, yes, it, I like him. It does
4: feel the a bit Argentine like... The Yeah. Him and Guido Petit are yeah, oh, monsters. Those two,
2: Etzabeth and him, always seem to get
4: into it when they are on the field together. But that it almost feels like the Will Spencer signing over again. Because everyone said, "Oh yeah, we'll st- I Will." I think he'll come good. some bit of steel in the engine room. I think room. he'll come
3: good. Him and Lavenini. Oh, you, you're be, right.
4: Yeah. I think the two of them—that's a class pairing. But we've seen it before. We like yeah. Calamafoni and then Denton and then Williams and Thompson and
3: no, I think an, an, an all-action number eight is an absolute must for them. Yes. I, like, who's that other? Or, or the, just the, or, or like another Argentinian? Who's the, Like if if the Argentinian Issa or or Matera. Well, material was there. Was at Leicester.
4: He was as a twenty-year-old. He was at Leicester. Didn't
2: make, did make the grade. <laughs> goodness me, goodness me. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh yeah, I was going to say this. Why don't you go and si- sign up to Cornerstone?
3: Well, no, we'll do. We'll talk about that next week. Oh yeah,
2: yeah that's next week actually. Uh, oh, in the, in that case, go and buy a buy a rugby shirt. In fact, go buy our rugby shirt. You can find that at uh, what what's that? Your link, Phil.
4: It is akumashops.com dot com slash eggchasers. That is Akuma, A-Q-A-K-U-M-A, shops.com slash eggchasers.
2: I'm not in my normal Egg Chasers
3: merino wool top, but Tim, remind me why we love these tops so much. Well, I mean, full hoops. huh Style. Exactly. Beautiful merino wool that keeps you warm and... Or cool, depending on depending. the weather. How does it know? It's, it's clever stuff, it, just, isn't it? it just knows. Very clever stuff. Yeah, it is. That's. I think it's artificial. It's that artificial intelligence I keep talking about. Is that how does
4: Peter O'Mahony know exactly when the ref is not going to ping him? Who knows? He it does. It's like
3: it's like that. It is, isn't it? Linking the Premiership to Europe before we jump on. Um, it's interesting, just seeing George Shooter, who's been very, very outspoken lately of, of Leicester, but he's not talking about that today. He, I've just seen a tweet from him, which I thought was quite an interesting little point. He said, uh, he was talking about how amazing the weekend's rugby has been. Mm-hmm. International level, pace and intensity, Irish and French derbies in particular were unbelievable. Uh, great advert for the game. How far back of English Premier t- premiership teams slipped? How many could have competed today? Mm. Outside of Saracens... Well, you'd say Exeter, I... and Ex... then no, none of the well, others could on. they.
2: The question is, how would they compete, and against who?
3: Well, against? Any, so, against those teams that were on show this weekend. So
2: Glasgow, I
3: think. I mean, who got humped? They got they got beaten up badly, didn't they? Yeah. So maybe let's focus on against the winners.
2: Yeah. So I mean, they could have half the Premiership could have beaten beaten Glasgow by, by, by lots of things. Um, there's that Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, Munster. Manchester really did quite a number on on Exeter, really. You know, truth be told, and they're like the second best team. I guess it's just the style and the matchup on that particular day. That that would be the that would be the biggest one one for me.
3: I think it's points interesting that outside of Exeter Saracens, who are clear, well clear at the top of the Premiership, I don't think any of them would.
2: But what we're we talking about here, we're talking about the best team in England, Saracens. Yeah. The two best teams in France. Definitely the best team in Ireland, if not all of Europe, well, in Leinster,
4: and and the the next best in Munster, yeah, and then the third best in Ulster. yes yeah, so it's only really Ulster, we're not that far behind.
2: It's only really Ulster that are sort of like the aberration. The, the league is the teams that are here are pretty much the teams that should be here, and I'm not sure any team outside of the teams that are here could could be there if that makes sense. It's sort of you
4: know it is it, it is what it is. Exeter, Exeter could, I I reckon. Exeter in a couple more years, yeah. I think. Because they're getting more and more experience of the knockout rugby in the Premiership. They will get more and more experience of the... I think Gloucester would be competitive. Well, on, just on Exeter as well. They get, they will get more experience in Europe. But also, it's interesting to see more and more of the spine of the England team coming from Exeter. Yeah. So, Noel, Slade, um, Cowan Dickey coming off the bench, Harry Williams. So, yeah, I think they're getting the right team is getting experience for big games for Exeter. So they will start competing, but not quite yet. You see,
3: Stuart Holt's clearly uh, got the memo from Exeter about about bad bad lids.
2: Yeah. Uh, Start making your hair stupid. Start getting comfortable with stupid hair now. (laughs) (laughs) That was the memo. Um, Do you think that was a bet? must, Must have been. I don't know. I've
4: got no idea.
3: Dreadful. (laughs) it was dreadful it was dreadful Um, as a
4: man who's had uh, bleach blonde locks a few times when I was admittedly a lot younger than um, Stuart Hogg is now it's not too bad
3: did you play did you play better or worse with blonde locks so was there there a psychological edge you got
4: at Lancaster Uni used to play uh, the War of the Roses against York every year Uh, although not in my second year because we got banned for having a a so did you,
3: did you go red hair? No, no. It was, so we
4: should probably should have gone red hair. We were all bleach blonde. What? So there was... You're
3: going with the White Rose. That's more, a really good
4: Why did not you yeah. not go for red hair? Don't know. The Red Rose. Too, too much hassle. So we used to buy... What colour was your kit? Red. Red. What oh, was that? What didn't think this one through. Yellow. Yellow Whoa. Yellow it, and black. This game's a farce. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on. Uh, but I don't think I ever conceded a try against york in all the games i played so i'd say yes um the years that i was there it i'd made, li- made like, I'd like to have
3: had that where there was one annual match we used to so at, at exeter and then at bath they did this they had a varsity game which was at, either at the rec or at the exeter ground
2: i can't imagine that went well for went, went well for exeter
3: yeah did so, it really yeah well so well, yeah we get all the students down. so it was it was at the the exeter ground and um or in the back when it was Bath, it was at the Rec. But you, it would rotate who you played your varsity game against. Oh, it wasn't, right. Or, it wasn't, we, always, yeah. wasn't always the same team. That, I, okay. I thought
2: Bath were pretty good at rugby, put it mildly.
3: Well, Bath and Exeter are the two best teams in England at the minute. Oh, they? Yeah. Are. So you know, my my, 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 my two <laughs> alumni are, uh, are but, but, the two best. I think. Better than,
2: um, like Loughborough, etc. Yeah. I remember watching Loughborough um, playing Coldy a few years ago, like many many years I hated ago. Actually, and some more a bit of skill from number eight, he sort of went on an outside break, sort of rounded the thirteen, fifteen comes on a cover tackle, he chipped, regathered and scored. I was like, Wow,
4: that's a different level. It wasn't Phil Burgess, was it?
2: I don't know. Why do you
4: think? Just he's a former Loughborough. I'm sure he played number eight for them, but he's England sevens. Oh, so no, it no, sounds it. like the kind of skill set that he... It was like a long, long time Loughborough ago.
3: Loughborough used to have this little... I used to hate them because they used to have this thing because they win so much at sport across the board. They used to have this little uh, saying called, thanks for coming,
1: which was... <laughs> so so patronising. Like, you, you go there to play a game, you, you lose, and as you get on the That's bus, right. you have
3: these like students going, thanks for coming. <laughs> so, oh, you, oh. That's awesome. Bastards. <laughs>
2: yeah, The, the Manchester... Varsity's is quite tasty now because for years Manchester Uni had batted well, Mmu. Yeah,
4: they'd be miles ahead of Mmu. But Mmu now time are awesome. Oh really?
2: Yeah. But well, you know, with all these um, new unis, they they plough a load of money into sports now because that's the main way to get money out of students. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's what that's what Mmu were doing, and we've got scholarships and all sorts, four G pitches. Yeah, it's impressive stuff.
4: So, as soon as we're working our way down the leagues, no, no, don't. Shall we touch on the? Uh, Tock H,
2: where's
3: Let's the belt? us not. No, Tock H lost. They they, they had a, an absolutely rubbish tight end that got dicked, and as a result, lost in yeah. the in the massive crunch game. It so was um, unfortunately, um,
4: unfortunately that element of it is not true. The tight end, mm-hmm. JB. His scrimmaging and his jumping in the lineout were both very impressive.
0: <laughs> I love level <laughs> rugby.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, you're the jumper you're, in the lineout and the ti- and the tight end prop in the scrum. Yeah, you're, let's put it
2: this way: we we were cruising for the first twenty, and uh, frankly, do you have anyone
3: over six foot two in your
2: side? I'm probably one of the shorter guys in the in the team. How come you're jumping? Uh, just because it makes sense. So we've got two. 6'4 we've got a six four second row a 6'5 second row we've got a 6'3 flanker this is
3: Maverick next level new wave, new yeah, age fair, coaching you
4: were, you were lining up to lift yeah I line up to lift you're, so you line up at three often
3: oh god we've got we've got two yeah we, uh, I, no yeah. Yeah. I'm not that interested <laughs> it, doesn't,
2: it doesn't really matter but we've got some big boys we were cruising but fair play to Oldham they really stuck it to us they kept on going they had, a, they had two men in the bin they had a red card we couldn't score after our first 10 points and yeah, they uh, they 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 did us, and fair play to them, they did really really well. So that that is that, and they're a good bunch of boys as well. They all stay down at the club later for some beers, so that, that that's always good to see.
3: So what you're so in other words, what you're saying is
2: God.
0: My fear is that my sons will never understand uh, me.
3: Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what is <best> in life? <laughs> crush your enemies. Ugh. See them driven before you. They hear the lamentation of the women. <laughs> so yeah, they they came to uh, crush you. And oh, listen to this. Hear this the is lamentation brilliant. of your this women. Is,
2: this is genuinely brilliant. You'll love this, right? So the Oldham boys come down on a, on a minibus. Some of them got to get off because, you know, what are they're doing. And they've got this, mini, this minibus under the driver. Now, Dizbury is not a friendly place to park, you would agree.
3: It's,
4: it's There's not much parking.
2: Well, so
3: Oldham's not that far away.
2: Yeah, but it's a good there's night. Boi- you know. Yeah, those so, boys Oh, because they're going on a night out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, instead of finding a parking space, right, the bus driver pulls up outside the Crown, which is in Didsbury, where we go for a beer straight after. Flips, the, uh, <laughs> opens up the bonnet. Okay, puts on the hazard lights, pretend it's broken down, and they go in the pub for two hours. <laughs> 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 How good's that?
4: Brilliant, awesome. Fair play. That's
3: genius, isn't it,
4: Justin? <laughs> uh, right. So, have Sar- uh, we spoken about Saracens yet? we've forgotten. I think we've spoken enough about it. Okay. In- So Saracens put 50-odd points on Glasgow. Glasgow, who scored after two minutes. They scored a really well-worked try, and you thought, this might be on. The upset might be on. No, it wasn't. The relentless, unstoppable force that is Saracens. They just turned the screw, particularly in that second half, uh, and had way, way too much power and... I guess Gael out wide, Stretzel, Liam Williams.
3: Frightening amounts of power. Do you know, what? Yeah, I, I
2: thought yeah. the pack were awesome. The pack were. Like, Ito- Ito- Jamie George was brilliant. Itology yeah. was brilliant. Those two are yeah. fantastic. And games. Uh,
3: Alex Good Slotting straight in at 10 in a European quarter final and dominating.
2: Yes. Now, that's what? an interesting point because, you know, if I was an international coach, I'd be thinking, I could use that guy. You know, I could use that guy in my. I don't know, World Cup squad. In a, because, in a match day 23 for a World Cup, say. What is wrong with Eddie Jones? You know, he's decided, for whatever reason it is, he's not going to go with Alex Gould, who, as I've mentioned multiple times, is the best all
3: round rugby player in England. Full stop. He just is. He, he, can, he can do absolutely well, everything. Well, here's the thing when Elliot Daly arrives there at Saracens, I'm absolutely convinced that Elliot Daly is going there to be a 13 and an out-and-out out 13. Mm. I don't think he's going there to be a winger or a fullback. I cannot see... It doesn't seem any logic in it unless he's going there to be 13. Because Agreed. Marcello Bosch is retiring. Yeah. Um, lazowski has been covering there. Yeah. I think Lazowski's a cracking
2: 13, though. He's not as good as Elliot Daly, though. I don't know. I think he might be. Really? Well, yeah, because... So it's, it's, he's Elliot, very good. What's Elliot Daly? He's very, very fast, good feet. Uh, oh, and his kicking game. Not out of hand for the record, just is you know off the off the ground.
4: He's His kicking passing out of isn't is... great,
2: whereas Lozowski is a genuine option
3: at ten. So I think having that second distributor there, it it does make. Ugh. It's not to say, by the way, it's not to say that Elliot Daly couldn't go there and be a, a great fullback or be a great fullback for England even. But it's just interesting that I think it, it, it will almost seem a little farcical that he'll Elliot Daly will go to the World Cup as a fifteen and and it, he will not have played that many games. In that position at club, at club 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 rugby,
4: yeah, because he's still not playing there for Wasps. No, he won't be because Willie LaRue plays there. He he would actually probably be in the pecking order based on experience, the third choice fifteen yeah. at Saracens, but first choice thirteen, which is a bit yes. ridiculous.
2: Pick me your Saracens
3: backline next year: Spencer, Faz, Faz. Me, Bar- oh, Barrett's injury, by the way. Is it bad? <sighs> looked. It didn't look very good. It, it might. will it might, miss. Probably miss the rest of the season. Looking at it, he turned right over on his ankle. That's we'll
2: see. The worst person that they could lose.
3: Well, yeah, he's the glue in that team, isn't he? He is. He's so, glue, yeah. uh, so Spencer Farrell Barrett Daly uh, Maitland Maitland, Maitland L- Lewington. L- uh, n- n- no, uh, no, no. William. M- sorry, Williams.
4: Maitland Williams,
3: Maitland Williams. Good. Maitland Williams. Good. Yeah. Williams Good. Oh my God, they're stacked, it's a good aren't they? team.
4: With then Lewington on the bench, Lazowski on the Lewington bench, wasn't Topkin's even in the, the match bench, day squad. Wigglesworth on on
3: the bench. Lewington wasn't even in the matchday squad. Yeah, for that game, he, he's not been
4: playing very much for them, no. which is interesting. He, he's been fit. He'll be back. Um, yeah, they're
2: all, they're they're immense. Yeah, I still have Lazowski. I, 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 and Strettle can't
3: retire, can he? Playing like he is, I think he is retiring. I think he, he is he? retiring. Yeah, 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 but he's, he's retiring.
2: But like, what's he going to do? How how else is he going to earn hundred and something? thousand pounds a year you know he could go somewhere else surely he could fact, do you know where he's from oh no Yorkshire no he's,
4: no, he's, he's Preston
2: Lim isn't he A Lim or uh, yes yeah, well he might have played for hoppers actually
4: I'm just he, saying he played for Rotherham for a bit I'm sure he played yeah, for Rotherham, Rotherham. I'm sure he's Rotherham's,
2: a,
3: Rotherham's the club
4: he came through at I'm sure he's a Lim schoolboy.
2: yeah he's definitely from around this area I'm sure he is not not northwest
4: you think in Tuck some wingers I'm thinking Tuck yeah. <laughs> if one thing Sale don't need so, he is 35, admittedly. Is he really? Yeah. He's in phenomenal shape for he 35. Is.
3: He's 36 this year. 36 in the summer. Wow. That's so, a yeah, limb. Career. limb. I mean, it'd be interesting, though. Like You mu- you must get to the point at that age where you go, pre-season. Oh. do hell. And also, like, you, you never, that cycle that you're on of like, pre-season, relentless training, Christmas, you don't, you're not at home, you can't. Get on it. You can't yeah. go away when you want. You can't go skiing because your contract says you can't. You can't ride a... Well, actually, he rides a motorbike. Uh, and not only he that, rides a motorbike. And not only that <laughs> sale take the whole team skiing. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did? No, they didn't. Well, what did they do? No, it was just Diamond and them
2: went skiing. It wasn't the players. No, I'm pretty sure it was the players. No, 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 it wasn't. I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's was definitely the players because I was talking to... Um, I, don't, I don't think it I was, was. talking to them. Mm, okay. D- Diamond's definitely taking his boys skiing. 100%. Okay. 100%. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll double check that. <laughs>
4: Anyway, uh, well, well done Saracens. Yeah. Um, another bit of rugby news before we wrap up and do the predictions next week. Have you seen Hayden Parker's kicking record? Oh my word! Sunwolves won
3: again. Yeah. Sun no wonder with a guy like him, dead eye kicker.
4: Well, Sunwolves playing at Waratahs. Waratahs, who were champion four or five years ago. Waratahs, who beat current champions Crusaders last week. Wow. And Sunwolves won. Sun this is two weeks after being told that they will they are getting cut. They will oh. no longer be a, a franchise. Oh, is that right? That is true. When 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 did that happen? About two weeks ago. Oh, what a mess. Oh well. So, and part of the reason is uh, former Highlander, Otago um fly half, Hayden Parker, who is on twenty seven from twenty seven kicks this season, <laughs> including the one from the touchline oh, wow. in very what looks like 40-mile-an-hour wins is just
3: unbelievable. Bujalao's going to sign him. He's like, what, he's the like Lee, Lee Halfpenny incarnate. Uh, yeah.
4: Absolutely phenomenal. But
3: last season, he,
4: he had... So his current run of 27 uh, kicks... Was So there's a punctuation of one missed kick. His run last season was 38 consecutive kicks, which wow. set a new league so record. I remember Bram
2: Van Straden hitting 48 out of 50 for.
3: Chris Patterson holds Storm, the international Storm, record at that, doesn't he? Because, yeah. uh, because <laughs> yeah. what's his face? Yeah. Dan Parks. Dan, Dan Parks. Parks had all the long range ones.
2: <laughs> really nice.
3: Oh, it's in front of the posters.
2: I've got this one, Dan. <laughs> Hayden Parker, aged th- 28. Weights 80 kilograms and five foot eight. He better be bloody good at kicking, is all I'm saying.
3: <laughs> well, do you know what? This weekend has shown, actually, that, that, uh, and recent times has shown, that's, that's bollocks. Because these huh? tiny guys are having massive impacts. Well, Faf de Klerk, for goodness sake. Yeah, that's and that, true. Tiny, that, tiny guys. Yeah, Chesley Colby. Yeah, that Toulouse
4: backline. Yeah, right. Particularly Dupont and Sebastian Bezzi when he came on. And Tamak is not And Rattes for La Rochelle. Fullback. Yep. He's about eleven stone, wet through. Tell you who is
2: not eleven stone, wet through for uh, La Rochelle. Da- Danny Prisso
3: Yeah, and him and uh, Antonio and Victor Vito. Yeah, the, they've got a Goodness pack.
2: me, I am yeah. looking forward to some to, to, to that scrimmaging in well on the Atlantic coast
3: when your when your boys go there.
2: Well, I've got to be there as an interested neutral. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right, uh, let's wrap this up.
3: Yes. Um So, you no, know, quickly. Right, semi-finals. I've just seen them playing out at this point. So, Leinster to lose. I can't,
4: I can't see Leinster losing at home. Agreed. Um, it will be interesting. So Leinster were missing a few players um, and Ulster did almost, not quite, but almost made them pay because of that. Mm. I think if they are missing as many players, then it will be very interesting. If they've got all the big guns back, I think they will. their experience, their capability, they will win by 10 points. And by the way, I
3: hope Dan Levy and... Rory Rory Best. Best. Yeah, both could be
4: season-ending injuries. injuries.
3: And uh, the other game uh, will be Saracens Saracens at the Rico Arena. Saracens. Uh, Saracens.
4: Munster will be a very good team to disrupt and minimise Saracens scoring. Saracens will never score as freely as they did against Glasgow against Munster. It will
3: be like a Munster home game, though. it's, It's an odd one, picking the Rico Arena. Having just played at the London Stadium, there are other... Options nearby, even uh, the the Medeski Stadium. But who picks it? I don't know.
2: So I wonder if they have to submit these proposals. I mean, actually, who wants? I mean, no disrespect to Wasps or Wasps fans. Who wants to go to Coventry to watch a game of rugby? (laughs) I mean, like, I I don't. Well, to be fair, if your team is based there, fine. Obviously, you go watch Wasps. But as a you know a set piece event, I don't want to go to Coventry to watch a game. I'd rather go to I don't know Manchester or. It's very
3: good London for it's or, very good connections for airports and motorways and stuff. So it's it's good it's good like to get to yeah. But hey,
4: less I, than two hour drive for us. I know what you're saying.
3: Mm, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, uh, Saracens will come through that one, and it will be a uh, Saracens Saracens Leicester final in Newcastle. Yeah, I like
2: agree. It. I agree. I don't know who's going to win that, but yes, that's exactly how I see and it going uh, to.
3: It'll be an all-French Challenge Cup final.
2: And uh, do you think that the air the Air Force will beat the Navy on? on no, Friday? actually, I've been studying their teams. I think the Navy will just edge them. I'm pretty sure the Air Force will take them again. So um, okay. yeah, uh, do you want to do the Premiership uh, predictions? Yeah, yeah. I've got them in front of me. This is,
3: this is crunch time, Pro 14 and Premiership. This is crunch time.
2: All right, and so first of all, Pro 14, uh, Friday night, Munster Cardiff.
3: That's huge because uh, Cardiff and Connacht and
4: Cardiff and Connacht are both
3: level on points. Level on points, and there's another team that are around that Benetton as well. No, they're in the pool. B Ospreys, Ospreys, that's it. Uh,
4: Ospreys are a little bit off, but yeah. definitely Connacht and Cardiff are really pushing for that third spot.
3: Yes, so this, this is the big weekend. I, I I don't know what team Munster will put out, but Cardiff will be going fully loaded, having had a week off.
4: Yeah, Munster at home. Glasgow Osprey. Ulster, Ulster, Glasgow,
2: oh, at Glasgow, Glasgow. Uh, Cheetahs, ospreys,
3: ospreys because I have to. Yep. Yeah,
2: uh, at Cheetahs though Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice trip. Zebra Connacht, at Zebra Connacht. Connacht. Connacht.
3: Okay.
4: Ooh, I don't like that one. Scarlets Edinburgh, at Scarlets. Well, so these two are both pushing your beloved Benetton for Ooh. the third spot in Conference B yeah and
3: and that's a Champions League and a playoff spot
4: yeah
2: well that brings us nicely to the next game which is Leinster Treviso ugh Uh, at Leinster hard luck well actually it's uh, happened before yeah the boys beat them in Dublin last
4: in Dublin last year and uh, you know Leinster will have been we've we've um, uh, tenderised them for you JV exactly that's
3: interesting Jay, because you know you're saying you'll go to the Atlantic coast as an interested neutral um (laughs) That's quite. A, that's quite a difficult place to get to. Whereas Dublin is incredibly easy for someone who's actually a fan of a side to go to. So yes, you
4: I leave mean, twenty well, minutes from the airport. It's a forty-minute flight.
2: I'll be attending the final when my when when my Treviso boys get there finally. <laughs> uh, and last, oh my God, how do we how do we not start the show with this?
4: Just a build-up. Southern Kings Dragons.
2: Southern Kings Dragons are playing. <laughs> <laughs> what what, what an incredible fixture is this? they is. are.
4: I mean, if there were relegation, this would be a hell of a battle yeah. because Dragons are bottom of co- conference beyond 19 points. The Southern Kings are one point ahead on 20 points. Goodness me. And they both have minus 200, greater than or less than minus 200 points difference. Hmm. Wow, not wanting to open
2: a big... Sorry, Tim. Yeah, Let me read these, these points differences <laughs> for you, okay? Leinster, plus 303. Um, Ulster... Plus 17. 17. Benetton plus 38. Edinburgh, plus 33. Scarlets, plus 8. Southern Kings, minus 278. <laughs> oh, my God.
3: Wow. Uh, now, I, don't, I don't want to open up a big conversation here, but what's going on with Welsh Rugby? I, it's all gone quiet. Is it? Are they just carrying on as they were? No idea. Pretending like you. the whole RGC thing wasn't wasn't yeah. a thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Never happen, boys. So just everyone, everyone carry on playing. Uh, is there a way that both these teams can lose this? I mean, certainly rugby is the loser here. But um, <laughs> can these can they both lose?
4: They're both losers.
2: I mean, the only way that this yeah yeah the the only the only way this this game can turn out to do itself justice is if one of these teams doesn't show up and they both find points. The
3: only winner in this game is the people that are quite often bother- who, who people who have houses right by the ground and are often bothered by people parking and clogging up their streets because <laughs> that's not going to happen this time. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh and uh, just to make it worse, somebody has got to pay for the Dragons players to fly to the Kings. What a pointless excursion that, <laughs> that is. It's just a waste of carbon. They, they
3: should just play it on like um... Flip like, a coin, like the, last, show up. Or the last video game there was. Just get them playing an online, an online rugby <laughs> computer game. And Ruby 2008. Yeah, rugby 2008.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, they're literally going to be mel- melting part of the ice cap to get the rubbish Dragons players to meet the rubbish Kings. So anyway, good luck both sides. May the best of, team win.
3: And Dragons v. Kings got kind of a Game of Thrones epic feel to it. And it oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could not two be the, less... Two of the most fearsomely named sides. Yeah.
2: Uh, both terrible. Anyway... Right, Gallagher Premiership, Gallagher Premiership, the real rugby. Here we go. This is huge. Sale Harlequins Friday night. This is big. Is is huge. So if
4: Sale want a top four spot,
2: they've got to win. Yep.
4: If they want to
3: consolidate a top six spot, they've got to win. Yeah. Win. Not winning is not an option. Sale have got uh, a good run in. I I, I like their. We've got three home fixtures, and all their games are. Winnable. I, they've got, I think they've got the best running, and I think they're going to get definite top six. I think top four went when they lost against Newcastle.
2: The um, problem with sale is they just sometimes don't quite hit their stride.
3: Well, they've got AJ McGuinty, and they're at home. They're going to win. They're going I, to win
2: wins. I agree. Do you want to do an extra half hour on this one, or do you want to move on to the next one? <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Bath,
4: Bristol, West Country, Derby. But not in the West Country. Um, I'm, I'm actually in Bristol on Friday night and Saturday. So when I saw this fixture. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to the wreck." No, it's in London. Why is it's it there? It's at Twickenham. For what reason? It's the, it's the Clash. The Clash.
2: But, right, fine. I So I'm very disappointed in that, actually.
3: Yeah. Bath v Bristol at Twickenham. I just yeah.
2: think it's not right for Saracens to do it because they're nearby. And they don't quite have the history of Bath or Bristol. This is a West Country game. It should be played in the West Country. You know, Ashton Gate is... A big stadium. Um, not that they play the, the game there. But, you know, there are other stadiums around Well, uh, actually, area. in the
3: West Country, there's not.
2: It's only Ashton Gate. You couldn't it's have... It's only Ashton Gate. Have. There yeah. isn't
3: anywhere else they can do it. To be fair, Twickenham's... It's maybe not too bad, actually. I mean, yeah. It's a couple of hours on a train. A couple of hours on a train. Because mm. they will have a load of people there.
2: I hope it's, so. Well, it's, it's I game. guess as long as it sells out, it'll, it'll, it'll be fine. So it has to sell out. That's a win. Um, I...
4: Would go with Bath, yes.
3: Bristol pick their best team against La Rochelle. Um, Saracens, Newcastle. At Um, the
4: Alliance. So, Saracens will freshen up players.
3: Yes. Equally, Saracens will still win.
4: Yes. Now, Newcastle should be aiming for one or two losing bonus points.
3: Yeah, running them close.
2: Not only that, they won't, you know, a lot of teams are thrown by the plastic pitch, not so much Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Maybe a couple of losing bonus points.
3: Which should make it very, very tight at the bottom. It would. Bristol uh, 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 could get, yeah, get sucked in.
2: Yeah, they're not out of it. And then, because we're very lucky, we get a four thirty game. The circus continues. Leicester go to Exeter. No, Leicester host Exeter. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, no chance for Leicester in this. Um, I would go... Yeah, zero chance. I zero think chance.
4: Leicester will get a bit of a bounce, but Exeter will just be too strong, too good looking forward to seeing Mike Ford again. I'll be at that one. Are you? Yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. And Sunday, Northampton-Gloucester. Um, Interesting this is game, big, this. This is a tasty game, isn't it? So Northampton are on 41 mm. points in mm. fifth place. They're pushing to to jump. They're an eight, there's an eight-point gap to Quinn's and then one more point to Gloucester. So Northampton, with a win, will move within five points of Gloucester and... Be really pushing for that top four.
3: This is for Gloucester. This is this is their top four game because yeah, I think if they win, if they they beat Northampton, they're not going to be caught. Correct, and I think they'll be treating it as such, as in let's get the job done now, and we can really manage our manage our um, approach to the playoffs. Mm.
2: So yeah, Northampton, it would be a good game because both these teams can really play a bit now. They can. So high I'm,
3: scoring would be my
2: prediction
4: which way it goes I do not know. So I'm going to go for Gloucester and I think Northampton's pack is decent. It's not got the the physical edge that Gloucester has. I think I'm going to go with Northampton. They're at home. Good
2: run of form. They're scoring free they're scoring fairly freely. Uh yeah, I quite
4: fancy I quite fancy them to do something here. I, I don't think they'll get as much ball as they are used to. Mm, Gloucester, because, have
3: had a, Gloucester have had a rest week. Northampton have had.
4: Oh yeah, a that, beat down in. Beat down Clermont. in Claremont. Although
3: they didn't shame themselves in that, but uh, I, I do think Gloucester will edge this one. But it'll be a, yeah. uh, unbelievably tight, and home advantage counts for so much.
2: It does. It does. Um, mm. Gloucester, what are they going to do with Danny Cipriani if he leaves? If he leaves,
3: if I don't think I don't think he will. Uh, I think we would have heard more. By now, if he was going to leave, well, it sounds like Bath
2: might be a bit interested in him. Well,
3: no, it sounds like Bath. Well, the, well, again, as as much as you can take with a pinch of salt, anything you read in a in, in a paper or whatever, but the reports seem to be saying that Bath have tried and failed for a number of fly halves, Danny Cipriani included, Andre Pollard included. Oh. Um, who else?
2: So we're going to look at Sippers, Pollard, mm. Cruden, Cruden. Yeah, um, those are three. there was another one that I've forgot. Uh, Ainscombe. Ainscombe. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, he's had with Six Nations, not the fly half Bath are hoping yeah, for. Yeah,
3: and you just, you don't know how much Ainscombe was genuinely interested, or Sippers, Sippers was genuinely interested, or whether it was just leverage, you, you don't know any of these things, but yeah. Bath, yeah. Bath, by the sound of it, Bath are desperate for a fly half, according to the reports. Um, which may or may not be true. And if that is the case, then I wonder what Freddie Burns and Reese Priestland are thinking.
2: Well, yeah, so it sounds like Priestland's gone. There were some rumours about him coming up to the West. Hopefully that isn't a thing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's it's interesting times because they're going to spend an enormous amount of cash on someone. I just can't well, wait to find out who it well, is.
3: Presumably they're already spending an enormous amount of cash on, <laughs> yes, on Burns well, and Priestland.
2: Yeah, so if Freddie Burns is on his Leicester money
3: which was good because it had
2: to be good to get him from Gloucester and then he's had a pay bump in the Ford one and then there's also the case that wasn't recently like one of the top paid players at
3: Bath. There's there's talk of his wages. I don't know the answer but there's talk of 300 plus. Oh my yeah, yeah, word. That's, that's
2: what I've heard. I mean, that is... That's, I, I mean, you know, I'm a financial advisor. You guys are familiar with numbers. That's a lot of money. Is it? That is a lot <laughs> I mean, of money. I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot of money. money. Okay, good, thanks. Uh, so I don't uh, who would you get for 600,000 who would your number well, one fly half well that's the point tro- 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 I would get tro-
3: tro- someone for 600,000 not yeah. two 300,000 pound fly halves Owen Owen
2: Williams he needs a pay bump
3: <laughs> AJ well if Bath are talking to Reece Priestland I'd be splashing my cash on AJ McGinty because with Rob Dupree going I think he'll be the number one fly half at sale he'll next season he'll not be the
2: number one fly half at sale I AJ, think he will AJ, be AJ will be That's the end of that. That's the that's the end of that conversation, Tim Cocker, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, and that's probably the
3: end of the
4: podcast.
2: Yes. (laughs) All right and fine. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Tell us where we can find uh, us. You can
3: go and watch, um, and you can go watch on YouTube. Subscribe there. See the colour clash between JB's RAF shirt and pink socks. Uh, You can follow us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. You know where else.
2: Exactly. Good luck
3: RAF on Friday.
2: Yes. uh, see you uh, see you I'm this I'm about to finish I need
3: to pee